We are live. Hello and welcome to Community Manager Live. I'm David Dewald, Community Manager at Siena. Each week we bring a collection of community professionals together to discuss a topic suggested by our audience. Uh, if you'd like to chat with, along with us today, you can do so on YouTube and LinkedIn, and uh, we can put your questions and comments into the stream uh, for everybody to read and see and us to react to. Um, if you just prefer to watch, you can do that on Twitter. Uh, you can find links to all of that at the top of our, uh, on our website, which is cmgr.live. This week, we're talking about reinventing yourself as a, uh, you know, a reinvigorated community manager. And that is really about personal growth and uh, could be training. It could be mindfulness. It could be, you know, uh, work-life balance, anything like that. So we're going to, we're going to just jump in um, and slide to my, I don't know if it's left or right, because I'm looking at it mirrored. Um, <laughs> we're going to go to Serena, let her introduce herself. Tell us who you are, what you do, and where you do it. Thanks, David. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, welcome from the UK. Um, I'm Serena, and I've been an online community builder since 2008, working mainly in the nonprofit space. Uh, for a very long time, I've been in health nonprofits, um, and recently have launched a uh, consultancy called Good Community. So it's great to be with you this evening. Very cool. Today. <laughs> Tim McDonald, I'm the head of community at homeroom.club, and we are a software company that works in the gaming, music, TV, and film industry, uh, helping them uh, launch, build, and scale their communities there. Very good. Very good. All right. Um, so I have I have questions. They're boring, uh, but we're, we can do them. Um, the question can be boring. It's our answers that need to be good. Never know. There you go. <laughs> okay, so we'll start. Um, you know, does anybody have a good example of, uh, you know, how you how you set a goal um, and and achieved it for personal growth, whatever that goal might be, um, something along those lines, and we can kind of go from there. I'm terrible about that. I'm the guy that uh, used to set really great New Year's Eve resolutions and then never do them. So I've, I've I've improved. I made a resolution a couple of years ago to quit making resolutions, and I've stuck with it since. So finally, one succeeds. <laughs> Um, you never have to make another one again. <laughs> I know it's it's solved, um, but no, I I, um, I I made a resolution I guess a few years ago, and then I realized there was a gap in my understanding of of online communities and community management. So I took a job to fill that gap. You know, I, I I'm so used to building communities from the ground up. You start with nothing and take it up, and I've done that many many times. You know, fairly successfully. Um, but I had never taken over an existing community to try and either revitalize it or revamp it. And so I took a job. You know, I just said, I'm going to find a job where I can do this. And uh, three years on, I'm doing pretty good at it. I've had my ups, I've had my downs, but it's been good learning this aspect of it that I hadn't really had a lot of experience with before. Uh, anybody else? You want to go, Serena? No, that's fine. Um, I was just thinking about kind of like, for me, when do I tend to push myself to do new things? Um, and a lot of I the mean, time, it's just out, say, of out of necessity, really. Yeah, I was going to say, if if I might just offer one possible example. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you started a company. A yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, this is the thing. And that's one that was at the back of my mind thinking, just deciding to, to step out into the consultancy space and do a little bit more of that. It sort of happened by accident. Um, in some respects but in others just kind of stepping out and wanting to 
spend a bit more time exploring how to support other nonprofits um, and other community teams out there. So that was something where I just had people keep asking lots of questions, which is lovely to be in that place where people are coming to you and asking you questions. How did you do this thing? Or how would you go about that? Um, or we'd really love you to come in and train our volunteers. And and that was, yeah, just really, um, yeah, really flattering. Um, but just the thing, actually, if that's the sort of stuff that excites me, then, you know, maybe I should take the leap and spend a few months and see where that goes. So for me, it was more just, okay, so I've only really got, only I can make this change. No no one else is going to like do it for me. So, so yeah, that's really kind of one big example from me. Yeah, and I think, great. I mean, I, I, you know, these days I don't really set too many goals, um, but uh, <laughs> I just live each day as it comes. But um, I remember when I was getting involved in community management, early on and started up my website, it was all like a hobby, right? It wasn't like for pay. And I wanted to get a job in community management. And so I figured the best way to do that was to go ahead and be known for community management. And so I started a, you know, a website and a show kind of like this. And um, so my two passions really at that time were community management and live streaming. And it just happened to be that HuffPost was looking for a community manager for HuffPost Live, which was a live streaming network that they were getting ready to launch. And so I guess I can say that I set my goal and I achieved it, even though I never in a million years would have told you that I would have been moving from Chicago to New York and working for HuffPost in my first official paid community manager job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you went from... Uh, that's zero to hero to me. You know what I mean? It's like you were just getting started and then you land a, this sweet gig and uh, at HuffPost. So that, I mean, you really did a good job. So. Well, thank you. And I, yourself, I, mean, sure. and I think, you know, as I look at that today, like, right, it's, it's not like what I do for a living, but it's what I do to stay alive is, you know, I mean, for those of you that don't know, I'm looking for a, a living donor for a liver and, because uh, I have stage four cancer and I'm like, you know, so creating a community around people that are dealing with the same thing that I'm dealing with to help them find living donors is yeah. like, I'm, I'm it's just in the embassy now, but like my goal, I just was on a call earlier today and somebody asked me, what's your goal for this? You know, how many people do you mm -hmm. want to reach? How many, um, you know, how big do you want this thing to be? And I'm like, I don't have a goal for it. My goal is to help one person and save their life. Mm -hmm. That's all I want to do. And after that person's life is saved, then I'm going to want to do it for the next person and the next person. But what does that number look like? I have no idea. My hope is, and, and I'm saying this honestly, and it might sound a little trite, but I, I hope that we never reach that we're helping a million people because that means that we got healthy enough and we found a cure for cancer that we don't that's need right. to have liver transplants, you know? And so, and that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's all the ultimate goal is that we can find a cure for cancer. But up until then, I want to, I want to help people and be there for them. And so that's my goal right now is mm. really like looking at how we can do this. And I got to tell you, I am going to have the biggest smile. I don't even have my donor yet. Right. But I am going to have the biggest smile and the fullest heart when I know that I matched a, a donor with a recipient. Mm. I, that is going to make my life right there. So that that's my goal for that. <laughs> that's great. I mean, it really is. Um, 
And that leads into like a good uh, segue to kind of our next question, um, which is, you know, how you can maintain, you know, a healthy, you know, and, and a good mindset, a growth mindset while you're, you know, got life happening around you, work life, personal life. Um, you know, is there anything, any tools you've used to help, help get you through um, or uh, oh, I'm getting messages. Uh, people are suddenly asking to join. So, so, uh, <laughs> but, so yeah, if you, if you can go ahead and riff on that while I take care of business, I'd appreciate mm. it. <laughs> You can't multitask. <laughs> a new skill to learn. Uh, yeah, and the growth mindset thing is is really complicated, isn't it? But a lot of people, I think it's quite a new concept to a lot of people, this idea of moving out of fixed mindsets um, and into more of a growth mindset, this idea of failure being part of the learning process, this idea of um, everything being, you know, being about kind of being iterative. So it kind of sit, it aligns quite well with, with agile methodology, doesn't it? That kind of growth mindset idea of things being more open and fluid. Um, and for a lot of folks with traditional business kind of mindsets, it can be quite difficult to shift. Uh, and also people who might have had a bad experience educationally as well. I think sometimes that can feed into not not finding the growth mindset very comfortable. There is something about learning how to to learn and to fail and to be uncomfortable and to do different things which doesn't come easy to everybody i don't know if others know of resonate with that i definitely resonate with that <laughs> um, i i i live my life being uncomfortable actually <laughs> so, um, but i think you know and and kind of to, to you know kind of continue where you were leaving off serena it's like i remember years ago I always felt like I was being pulled in so many different directions because mm -hmm. I was so curious about so many different things. Yeah. And I just remember at one point there was this realization that I had that all these different directions, I had the choice if they were pulling me apart or if they were all leading me to one place. And as soon as I switched that thinking to yeah. that these were pulling me apart and leading me into one place, it just, I embraced all that. I, I, you know, it didn't feel cumbersome or a burden anymore. It felt like it was uplifting. And and that is, I think, one of the biggest mindset shifts that I was able to make to really help me change how I viewed that continual learning process of exploring new things. That's really helpful. That's really helpful. Hello, I don't think we've met before, but I wanted to, to bring you, you into the discussion. <laughs> Hi, Venia. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been around uh, on a few of these episodes, I think. Um, but my name is Samantha Venia Logan, and I run a company called sociallyconstructed.online. Uh, and instead of talking about that, I really want to follow up with what you just said, Tim, because like, as you were saying, um, you get all of these opportunities coming in and you have to make a choice. Is this something where you become a broader individual or when you choose to focus that on like a far off goal? And I had to learn that lesson the really hard way. And especially with Socially Constructed, with moving into a formal consultancy, I spent nine years learning how to build online communities 
But every step of those online communities, the clients were saying, yeah, but can you do traditional marketing? Can you do SEO? Can you do web design? Can you do email marketing? Can you do social media? And I'm over here going, well, yes, I can. But my heart sings when I talk about community. Mm -hmm. And that's not where they wanted to spend the money. So I kept calling myself a full stack marketer with a specialization in online community. And almost immediately people were tugging me in directions and I had to learn things and I became an expert in areas I actually didn't have an emotional connection with. So did I love what I did? No. And it kind of took that moment where I had to be like, okay, community management's where, where my heart sings. That was the inflection point for my career. I think we're going to need to clip that, David, and mm -hmm. put it in the um, the episode we did on job community manager job description. That's right. <laughs> because you know, when you were talking, it's like I remember vividly us talking about like how so many job descriptions were exactly asking for all that in a community manager. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's let's take a just a breather. Yeah, exactly. uh, Vinia, please introduce yourself since you joined and we didn't get an intro for you. She did a little bit of one. Oh, she did one? Okay, oh, then we'll go I, to... We'll we go have a question. I did, I did do that, yeah. yeah. All right, so Josh, tell us who you are, what you do, and where you do it. Oh, okay. yeah, I do have a course launch. We should bring that up. <laughs> uh, hey, everyone. I'm Josh Gross. Stoked to be here. Um, I work at Common Room, so I work within our community and with a bunch of the communities that run on Common Room. Prior to that, I was at Splunk in product management, and I launched our observability community, so... Splunk had an amazing community with a lot of great ambassadors, which literally took the product from whatever company they're at to the new company they joined. And we saw how successful that was and we were entering a new market. And so we wanted to do the same through observability. Very good. Very good. Uh, so one of the questions we asked earlier is, uh, you know, can you share an example of uh, a uh, how you set and achieve maybe a personal growth uh, goal? Uh, in your in your kind of role as community person, um, it doesn't have to be expressly tied to community, but uh, certainly, obviously, you've made the shift from being you know one one kind of person over to a community kind of person. And I'm just curious, maybe what got you there, or what made you think that was uh, a way to go? Yeah. So uh, I'll start on the second question, then we'll go into the goals. Sure. Um, I would say uh, so. When I was at Splunk, um, I was at a startup that was acquired by Splunk. And what we noticed was we were doing a ton of open source work and driving a pretty impactful project. Um, and we had the best product. Clearly, I'm biased, but like I saw the results of it. Uh, but what was interesting to me was our competitors in this space were influencing more people's perspectives on what a product should look like and what great looked like. And, they, and it almost seemed like the competing products were better. And so I kind of dug into it and I went into like one of our competitors slacks and found they had like 20,000 members of their community. And then I would see like content collaborations they were doing with members of the community. And then I saw how like they actually had in the truest sense of the word, because I know we don't talk about evangelism a lot, but evangelists were no matter what the conversation was, someone would jump in and tout like how great this company was. So there was such a high brand affinity and so the impact of that was when I'd be talking to like potential users of a product, they'd be asking us questions around like technical architecture that weren't really that, like it didn't actually help them with an outcome, but it was something they believed to be important in a solution because they subscribed to this other company's narrative. And so at that point in time, I was like, oh crap, like we're, we have the best product. We have a great engineering team, but 
why aren't we winning? And so that's when I started to launch, uh, like we got a Slack channel, we got a category in Koros. And there in the Slack, I started to see companies that like large or like large insurance companies and people that I knew personally from working with them were asking questions in Slack. And I'm like, you could come right to me. Why would you go into Slack? And I started to see that that behavior was changing where people wanted to engage with their peers, not necessarily always with the vendor. And we could just create a space for that. Um, and so that's when I realized like the one durable like differentiator that you could have is this community. And if you harness in the right ways and give people voices and respond to them and like enable them to improve in their career, like it's a game changer for your brand. So that's what got me to like say, you know what, I'm going to walk away before all my shares invested <laughs> and go into community. I love that. David, David like you're I'm muted saying. if you're trying to talk. Yeah, of course I'm muted. It's been. <laughs> you know, Unless if you were just, you know, moving your mouth and didn't want any words to come out. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to do some ventriloquism act, and it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you sound like video. Like... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's the glasses. That's what it is. It's easy to confuse us. Um, yeah. So did you, did you have like maybe a, a personal growth goal that you kind of set to help you get there with the, uh, this, the thing? I know, you know, it's, you, you, you know, that's what got you interested in community. Did you kind of make up your mind to say, I want to take this and, and, and somehow get it to the point where now you're at common room? Was there well, any steps you take? I'd say like, it was more like, I don't know, goals and passions, like goals are more hard, like hard milestones versus passions. What I found was coming from product and having worked in go to market at a lot of startups was, like I saw this intrinsic value happening in community that it, the story wasn't being told because even at Splunk, it was all support deflection at the time, but mm -hmm. they rolled into marketing. And so it was like, how does that work? Because marketing's never going to understand the value you're bringing if you're talking about a COGS use case. Um, and so uh, for me, it was like this realization that it, like it just grabbed hold of me. And so I started to talk to like the other companies that were in the space um, and so that's what drove me here. I would say in terms of goals, one of the things was is if you feel so strongly about something and you're seeing the proof points, but they're anecdotal, then like, can you commit to yourself to like actually like get inside the conversations and drive conversations? And so I feel like the thing this last year that, and it's paying off now for sure is like, I was like, I, I share stuff on LinkedIn and Twitter and I'm not like a very like social person. Um, but I was like, somebody has to have this conversation. I want to be a part of it and hopefully like inspire some folks. And so I think one of the goals for myself was to be like, you know what, when you learn something, just share it. I, who cares what people say, yeah. you know? And, um, and it's worked really well for us, like uh, alongside like our building our community and so forth. But you see the relationship between the people engaging out there and the people that are engaging with the company too. Josh, I just love you just gave all like social media clubs their tagline is if you get it share it and i've always loved that ever since i became aware of them and so you're just talking my language there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean um, um go ahead Jimmy. uh i have a personal goal to share um mm -hmm. that's kind of related to what i shared before which was knowing that community is what made my heart sing but every step of my career as a full stack marketer uh, pulled me away from that. Um, for 2022, uh, this time 
last year on this day, I'm not even kidding on this day, I wrapped up my uh, full-time work with a company called Adventure Instead as a full stack marketer. Um, I had announced at the very, very, very beginning, like came home after Christmas or came in right after Christmas. And I'm just like, can't do this anymore. Sorry, I'm quitting. And I set up a series of goals to figure out how to get closer to what made my heart sing. And that ended up being the foundation of my company. And what I did was I said, throughout the month of January, I'm going to think just about my personal life design. What do I want in my life? What kinds of things do I want in my life? And how am I going to capture those into a single bucket? And then I came up with three potential buckets that I wanted to research and explore. And I took all of February to do that. I basically dabbled and stuck my toe into, do I want to go back into academia? Do I want to just go get a, a job, doesn't matter what it is, online and travel more? Or do I actually want to give this starting a company all about community management bucket a go? And then in March, I'm like, okay, now I need to commit pick a bucket and spend the next quarter all the way through to September actually engaging in that bucket and asking myself, is that what I want? And I explicitly told myself, I don't care if I make money. I don't care if I go into debt. I don't care about the business's health. What I care about is whether or not the daily workflow is something I want in my life. And I'm so happy that it went so well in the course of reinventing myself for me to set those specific goal and inflection points where I'm like, okay, this is a bail point. How do I feel? I, I would have expected it to be scientific for you. Like that's, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> don't get her started on the science, man. Fun uh, <laughs> <laughs> fact, it's also how I mind. handled my transition. I, yeah. that's also how I handled my uh, male to female transition was like, I'm not sure how I want to do this. So let me just be female socially part time. And then after that, okay, I want to do this. Let's go full time. And then after that, all right, I'm going to have a therapist for three months. And then after that, I'm like, okay, full time on meds. We're good. <laughs> so this sounds like a good formula for everything for you, Venia. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Excellent. I think it's a good idea. Good thing to follow is to basically like schedule yourself leeway time for your personal, emotional, and social goals. Yeah. Yeah. Work-life balance for sure. Well, I, I think there's something else there too, right? It's, it's about giving yourself permission to explore. And because sometimes if we're wanting something that we know in our heads that we think we want, right? And then we start doing it. Like, I mean, I see this all the time. I'm just going to use the prime example of all these people that show how you make millions of dollars and their and their jets and their Ferraris and, you know, traveling around the world, right? Like everybody thinks they want that. But the reality is in order to get there, are you willing, and this, maybe you are, maybe you aren't, you know, are you willing to make the sacrifices it's going to take to do that? And you know, for, for me, and I think, you know, this is what I heard from you, Venia, is it's giving ourselves permission, but giving ourselves kind of a set time to realize I need to make a decision whether this feels right or not right for me. And if I'm going to continue down this path or pivot in a different direction. 
Agreed. Yeah. Anyone else? It's it's very helpful. I think there's something to be said about um, an an iterative way of development or improvement where you take steps forward and see whether that's the right way to go or whether you set yourself a huge goal and then think okay to get to that huge goal what steps do I need to take to get there so there's kind of the two different ways of, of doing that um, one thing I think can be helpful is whether coaching models can, can be useful whether you're doing that on your own with self-reflection or whether you're kind of working with someone else and so using like a coaching model like grow which is like goal and um, reality options will um, as a kind of way of kind of like thinking your way there and thinking about what the options are and what the resources are that might help you get to a goal. And um, there are lots of other different uh, methods that can be used, but there's something about kind of once you have a sense of what you're heading towards, working out how you can realistically do it, do that and giving yourself time and space to do it. I think, um, and that's the best way of making sure that you're actually going to achieve um, yeah. that goal, really. Yeah. Um, it's a, okay. 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 Can you go through those? Can you go through that acronym again? Was it oh, grow yeah. or goal? No problem. Grow, yeah. Have a look on grow. Uh, there's loads out there on it, so I won't, um, you know, bastardize it too much. But um, it's goal, reality, options, will. It's a it's a coaching model. So some coaches use that model to help people work through self development. It's you know there are other models are available, as the BBC would say. But um, yeah, hopefully that can be helpful for some. Serena, you're killing me here. In two weeks. <laughs> Vinny is going to come on and just drop a bomb on us about grow. And she's going to know everything about she's it. She's already in the rabbit hole. Already I in the rabbit hole. To it. You can teach me. Yeah, she's just, I mean, that's her personality is she'll know everything. Lovely. But it's great though. It's great. So, you know, she, she brings the, she brings the knowledge for sure, wherever she comes. So that's great. Excellent. Um, what I so, like and notice about both of your goals or your descriptions of how you've gone to achieve them is um, uh, it's sometimes these goals, like they seem almost out of reach because of how big they are. Like when I joined common room, it was almost a year and a half ago and we hadn't launched and it's like, okay, we want to build a company. Like if you say build a company, it's like, I, and I understand like you want to be specific time or all those things, the smart goals, but like realistically, um, there's sometimes I feel like I have the confidence that I know how to achieve a goal and the like intuition on some, but others, I actually need way more structure because there's so many more unknowns and things that I don't control. And, and then like using coaching as a proxy to help make sure that you're still on track and help hold yourself accountable. I think, um, I think both of those are really great takeaways. Well, I, I was going to say one one phrase that I learned from a friend of mine, Mark Babbitt, when I thought I was changing directions, you know, completely, is he said, you're not changing, Tim, you're making a tactical pivot. <laughs> and I just say that because sometimes I, 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 I'm just talking from my, my own self. It's like when I feel like I'm changing directions, I feel like I failed on something, right? And it's kind of def defleeting and I just don't, you know, Part of me is like down while I'm trying to pick up and move in this new direction. And as soon as he put it in that, that phrase, I was like, oh, okay. I'm still taking what I learned from here mm -hmm. and applying it to here. So this is like, it's just a tactical pivot. It's not a complete throwing out everything and moving in a different direction. Yeah. Thank Agreed. you for your comment, and Melody. Kind of to add on that. Um, 
Oh, Mel, I just had a thing up here. She said, Melody says- <laughs> Melody's from, coming, yeah. Yeah, from LinkedIn. She says, hello from Massachusetts. Love the insights you're all sharing here. Thank you for joining us. Um, I wanted to build off of that as well, because I'm not the only one who kind of struggles with this, uh, because my godmother is also very polymathematic. Uh, so like she's been all over the place. She's had like a whole bunch of academic appreciation. She's been in social work, anthropology, psychology, like all of these things. And I was in conversation with her about just being like, I feel lost because I know so many different things and I've turned so many corners that it's so difficult for me to like tell where I need to go. And she's like, oh, that just means you found a lot of intersections and you haven't found your straightaway yet. And that's okay. Wow. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. We need that to get her on awesome. the show next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got room for one, one more video. <laughs> oh, no, we, we can get up to 12 people on here. It's a, it could be a real party if you want it to. <laughs> Uh, we've had as many, how many have we had? We had eight or nine once. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the most. It's been pretty good. But we found that smaller crowds tend to to make it work better. If you have 12 people trying to answer the same question, suddenly, you know, you're the hours up. (laughs) After after the introductions. (laughs) That was the introductions. All right. Thanks for joining us. Everybody say goodbye. Yeah. Um, Very good. Very good. Um, Have you ever, um, let me, let me think how to phrase this right. Um, You know, how, how do you go about measuring that growth, you know, tracking your personal growth and progress? Are there any uh, tools or resources? We talked about grow. Are there any apps that you guys use? Um, anything like that that you can share? I mean, that's, that's my thing. I, I have like a fantastic task manager and I don't use it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I'm bad about it. Um, so, and it's so simple to use. It's so sad that I don't use it. And it's so easy to automate stuff in it and I still don't use it. And um, so, I mean, there's, I guess that's one for me to, to work on is being better at managing my tasks. So, but do you guys have any other tools that you guys use to kind of help keep track of your personal growth goals, those kinds of things? I'll, I'll go, go for it. in terms go. of the framework. Uh, I think of it is um, it's funny. Our CEO, I was talking to him about uh, like the importance of community, and he's like, executives don't care about community until they do. And the idea there is that like I feel like there's these leading and lagging indicators in terms of measuring. And so when you can break down and understand that community is a leading indicator of something else. So like the growth. In like the growth metrics, engagement metrics, whatever, like they're a leading indicator for potential revenue, pipeline, churn, et cetera. If you can do all of that, then you have a full picture. And so for me with goal setting, it's kind of the same thing where I'm thinking, okay, like I need to start this many conversations in community, or I need to like have this responsiveness, like when people have product questions or whatever it is, those are all leading indicators, but then you see those people that engage and they become customers or et cetera. And so I try and break it down, not so much like on a metric that is a North star, it's just understanding the relationships over time. And so that's how I think about metrics is where do they exist in this journey? Um, and if I can get something in front, then I know I'm gonna have a better chance of achieving that end goal, which is that lagging indicator. That's great. I 
I, I, I pulled a me and I created a year over year and also daily productivity tracker that allowed me to track three specific areas. Um, so first I used a model of what's on my plate in any given day and am I eating my vegetables, right? So I set it up to be like, so what are my potatoes? The things I need to do every single day that are kind of boring. And then what are my veggies? The things that I don't want to do, but I need to do them and they're not huge or big tasks. They're very small, but they chip away at me. And then there's the frog. What is the thing I really don't want to do that is a really big task that I've been procrastinating forever on? And then there's the meat, which is the big task that I'm pretty excited about. And over time, by tracking it this way, oh, and there's also cake, which are the things that I really, really love I'm doing. I'm waiting for dessert. And I basically set it up. <laughs> I didn't get much for lunch today. I'm just getting hungry. The frog sounds good at this point. Yeah. So I set it up. I, I set it up as a, like a grading scale that said frogs are worth five points, uh, potatoes or sorry, frogs are five, meat is four, potatoes are three, veggies are two, and then cake is one. And I basically set up a productivity tracker. I put the comments in the chat that counted all of my tasks as a meal. And then I created a second graph that actually recorded all of my actual functionality, like what URLs I visited, what applications I had open, how much time I spent doing video editing or whatever. And I compared the task-based infrastructure with what was actually happening on my computer in order to see, okay, what amount of my time am I spending on my eating my veggies? What amount of my time am I spending on my meat? And can I grade myself? And it's worked really, really well. So now I'm like 10 months into it and here in about two months or so, I'll be able to actually do some year over year tracking and whatnot. Um, so yeah, like my, my personal productivity tracker has kind of become my, uh, my way of establishing my goals. Very good. Did you, did you, it sounds like you leaned on the um, eat the frog productivity method. Have you heard of that? Yeah. And yeah. I kind of went ham on it because yeah, I, I, I made it into a full <laughs> hammer frog, hammer frog, <laughs> meat and potatoes, man. Meat and potatoes. But yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally uh, understand that. So that's, that's great uh, for that. You know, it's, it's one of those things where um, I, I wish I could get my head wrapped around it for doing it. Uh, thank you, Serena. Serena shared the grow model on LinkedIn for anybody that's interested. You're welcome. Um, Melody said, thank you for sharing. <laughs> so I'll throw that up there. I'll put it on screen just in case you go look for it. I don't know that you can copy that URL, but it'll get you the right direction for mind tools anyway. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, as I'm not like a big person who tracks my productivity. I just know like what I get done at the end of the day. And I kind of look back in amazement sometimes <laughs> about that. But in other times I, I'm like, oh, Oh, well, I didn't feel like doing too much today. But what I really remember specifically measuring was when I was at HuffPost, I was a lot younger, but Ariana Huffington was really big and she just came out with her sleep book, right? And the importance of sleep. And I remember that I would commute into the city. So I had to get up at five o'clock in the morning and I usually got home by about 9 p.m. And then I'd like, you know, take a couple hours to eat and wind down with my wife and then go to bed. So I was getting about 
five to six hours of sleep every night. And what I started realizing was, and what she had written about in her book, because I was starting to see the impact of it on my personality when I was dealing with people at work, when I was dealing with community members, I was a little bit more testy. I was a little bit more short with people instead of just being my not normal, you know, more Zen of a type of personality. And so I wanted to get a little bit healthier in a way that allowed me to work better. And one of the things that she talked about was you don't just go from five or six hours of sleep to 10 hours of sleep. You do it in increments. And so what I would try and do would be every week, I'd try and get 15 minutes more sleep. And within several months, I was already up to like eight hours of sleep. And I just noticed the difference in my personality, in my interactions with people when I did that. And so that was like one specific goal I remember. I know it doesn't impact work directly, but indirectly it makes so much of an impact because I think how we take care of ourselves directly impacts how we take care of our community. No, I totally agree. I, um, I'm the, the proud owner of a aura ring that does sleep tracking, does the health measurement and all that stuff. I, you know, I don't talk about it much. I'm a type one diabetic. I'm a weird type one diabetic. I got it as an adult, not as a kid, but um, I'm fortunate enough that if I stay active enough, I don't need fast acting insulin. I still need mm -hmm. to take, you know, long acting insulin to keep me going. And I take some other medications to help me do that. But being fortunate enough to be that if I stay active, I don't need to do the, the, you know, heavier, insulin all the time. Uh, the ring is good about that. I mean, every so often, you know, my phone will buzz. I'll look at it and says, Hey, you want to get up and walk around a little bit? You've been sitting too yeah. long, you know, and those kinds of things. And I find that actually not only it does it, you know, it, it helps so much more than I ever thought it would to have that message say, get up and move. Um, you know, because I am one of those people that I will get blinders on so bad mm -hmm. when I'm doing something specific, like if I'm working on a spreadsheet or something like that, that I will miss meetings, even though I have notifications popping up all over my desktop saying, because I just don't see them. I get these, but you know, the ring lets me know and says, Hey, take a break, get up, move around. And sometimes that break helps me refocus when I come back. Like if I was struggling with something, it's given me a chance to, to think about it and kind of redo it. Um, I used to go walking a lot when I, when I'd have a, a challenge that I was trying to work through, and just the mental, mm -hmm. you know, walking and thinking about it sometimes would solve the problem uh, that I was working on. And I find those kinds of breaks. Hmm? Oh. How does this ring work? I'm super fascinated. Oh, oh, it's it's fascinating. Um, <laughs> we're going to go take a little divergent step here. Um, it's got sensors inside of it, like a smartwatch would. Okie dokie, yeah. Yeah, and um, the batteries last about a week in it. And um, yeah, and it works by Bluetooth to the thing. They're not they're not cheap. Uh, it was a Christmas gift for my wife, and um, and it just vibrates on your finger in order it to doesn't give you a reminder, it doesn't even or... vibrate. It just uh, my phone will ping, and I'm one of those people that oh, what what's that? <laughs> you know, the <laughs> phone rings, I'll move. Everything else, I'll um... miss because like nobody, you know, I'm one of those people that I keep my notifications to a minimum um, on my phone. So if it goes off, it's usually something important. And um, so when it okay. buzzes, I'll look at it. Yeah. My phone doesn't beep or ding or anything unless it's a, 
an important email. I mean, I've gotten it that good. It's, it has to be an important email to get my attention or some other notification. Uh, and that'll stop me and I'll look at it and it says, Hey, you haven't moved in a while. Get up, take a walk, get moving. Mm -hmm. And then at night it tracks, it can track your um, heart rate. It tracks your heart rate all the time. And it knows when you're exercising, knows when you're not exercising and it knows when you're sleeping, when you're not sleeping and it can check your blood oxygen level as well. So that, okay. uh, you know, if, if older people, we have problems with sleep apnea sometimes, and uh, mm -hmm. I don't, fortunately, but it'll let you know if you have sleep apnea problems and it keeps you this daily um, thing. It's, it's really cool. It lets me know. Uh, I, yeah, I wish I could explain it much better, but um, it gives you a measurement of how of readiness, how ready you are and prepared for the day based on activity the day before, based on how we rested last night. Mm -hmm. um, so like my readiness score for today was 82 and it, that's good. That's a good number. Um, it said, you know, my heart rate was a little weird last night while I was sleeping uh, and my recovery index is a little low, but everything else was good. But, um, mm. you know, a few days ago, my, you know, it wasn't, I had a readiness score that was low and it actually will say, Hey, your, your readiness score is low. Why don't you take it easy today? Don't, don't do the exercise. Don't, do what you mm. need to do. And it, I've had days where I just had a horrible night's sleep. And the next day, and it's like, hey, you you are having a rough time of it. Why don't you take a couple of days of down and just let me know when you're ready to get back on track with things. And it kind of, very cool, very cool. All right, all right, you owe me money. It reminds me when when, I, when we were at a post, it was, um, our, they created a GPS for the soul app. Now, this put this in context. I think it's right when Fitbit was introduced. So they didn't have like your, your sleep monitor or anything else or heart rate on there. It was basically a step tracker, right? And, but you put your finger on the camera on your phone. And so whenever, I, it's kind of like you, David, only I would, it was more up to me to, to recognize it because if I felt like I was getting stressed out at work, I would just put my finger on there. It would measure how stressed I was and then give me prompts for, breathing or meditation exercises. And you can say how long you want to do that for. So like if I was in the middle of a bunch of stuff and I just needed to reset myself, I would say I want to do a two minute one. If I had like a break coming up, I could do a 10 minute or a 15 minute one. But it's the same concept. And I think these are so important to be able to use mm -hmm. these tools. But I think still the most important thing, I think, is not to rely on the tool. It's to start yeah. using the tools to recognize it ourselves so that we can take the actions that we need when we need to. That's so helpful. Yeah, there was a uh, video. Go ahead. Who, who's going ahead? Do you want to go first, Samantha? Yeah. I'm giving way. <laughs> are you pointing at me? Oh, okay. I'm being very British. Community managers are such Really easy. Whoa. Yeah, it's you. You're up. Whoa, what just happened? I made you big. Okay. All right. Great. You took away all, all questions of who was up. <laughs> yeah. I settled it. There you go. You're back. Um. So what I was going to say is it reminds me a lot of a very big issue that the Fitbit community ran into. And uh, it, it actually got such a big um, attention that like BuzzFeed, which existed at the time, actually did like an entire video on it. But basically the 
forums for the Fitbit were trying to take the uh, atomic metrics that the Fitbit collected, your heart rate and stuff like that, in order to be like, so we think that this correlates to like these calculated metrics and this calculated metric is able to tell you this about your body. But Fitbit actually had to put an efficacy rating on all of these part of the broadcast. Did something yeah. crash? Yes, uh, something disconnected just briefly. We're back though. It'll keep it all oh. going. Okay. You're but um, just pretend like that didn't happen and keep talking. <laughs> okay, well, that ship's already sailed, but we'll fix it in post. <laughs> no, we won't. No, we won't. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't commit me to work. Um, no. So, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but the Fitbit community actually had to create a efficacy rating for a bunch of ideas from community submitted metrics because the uh, calculated metrics weren't necessarily correlated with being able to measure a specific thing, um, which I thought was really, really fascinating um, because people started relying so much on the tools for the Fitbit that they spent all of their time being like, oh, I'm super stressed. And it's like, well, but are you though? that's really interesting i think for me um something i've been working in the emotional support and health space for quite a while um and learned so much from lots of organizations out there doing great work in that area this idea of stress being a continuum and mental health being a continuum um i think is really important this idea that we don't just have this one fixed space when it comes to our well-being and how stressed we are you know everything is about context isn't it and kind of like what's going on for us this week this month inside of work outside of work so when i was leading a team something i'd do every month was ask them we had like a stress continuum kind of um infographic like a traffic light system and just you know when you know you build up enough psychological safety with people and then you say to them where are you this month? Green, yellow, orange. Um, what does that look like for you? And this idea of actually, when we're looking at improvement, you know, we're talking about Fitbit and quantification of self and all of these kind of tracking ideas. And it's very much about tracking you where you are, isn't it? Um, it's it's this idea of whilst we've got aspirations and kind of where we want to head to, particularly if you're dealing with a, a chronic health condition, um, you know, whatever your day is going to, you know, you like David says, you know, 82% ready. Some days are going to be less than that. Some days are going to be maybe 60 or 50. Um, and just this idea of actually you kind of got to meet yourself where you are um, with how you're doing in terms of productivity and, and well-being and self-development. So um, I think it's great to be ambitious, but there's the other side of it as well, isn't there, around being realistic and kind of thinking about where are we right now? Um, and I don't know whether you guys find that sometimes you can be your own worst enemy. I don't know about that, but sometimes I feel like um, I'm the, the person who's kind of like, you know, my own blocker to things. So that can be frustrating. I think it was David Siegel who said, at one point, there's striving for excellence. And at another point, there's learning when to be pragmatic. I think that um, I liked Serena your your point about context and how it can be overwhelming, especially if you don't have context. And I think like span of control plays a lot into that too. Is once you have context and knowing what you can control. But I think like the the theme I'm getting here is personal accountability. Like when you look at like all of the how productive like Venia like 
the amount of communities you participate and add value to plus the content you create is like you wouldn't be able to do it without that level of personal accountability and then like with tim like with your sleep it's like if you weren't hitting that 15 minutes um each week you would have to ask yourself like is this really that important to me or not and so by doing it you're telling yourself that this is the priority um and so yeah it's just there's a lot of great takeaways in terms of goals Very good. I think I'll last question. Probably this will take us to the end. Um, any thoughts, uh, advice, ideas on how to for foster a supportive and, and kind of growth, personal growth, uh, you know, oriented community culture. And that can be inside the community itself. It can be on the team that's helping you, you know, do run the community. Um, those kinds of things. Any, any thoughts, insights, techniques? Um, I think that's, it's kind of important. I know um, my company is wonderful about it. Like I get in trouble for not taking days off. They literally have emails that come out. Or it's like, you didn't take enough days off last year. And, and that is uh, wonderful to see from any company, right? Like most companies, a lot of companies, I won't say most, a lot of companies are like, oh, you can't take time off. We need you to work, you know? <laughs> and yet mine's like, you didn't do it enough. We give you these, use them. <laughs> You know, and I love that for, you know, I, I have a great company. I love them. Um, but, you know, and and the, my boss is really good about, hey, you know, I noticed you haven't taken a day off in a while. You need you need a personal day, anything like that. And he is really good about making sure that I'm getting the time I need to decompress or take care of, you know, business outside of work, whatever I need to do to get it done. And they're very good about you know, life happens, right? And some days it's like, you know, uh, a little while back, my mother-in-law, uh, she wasn't feeling well and we need to go get her medicine. And I just said, hey, can I can I jet early today? And he's like, yeah, go, bye. You know, and then when I get back to work, he's like, I hope everything's okay. Is she doing okay? And, he, you know, it's that kind of personal touch that m makes it so easy to stay focused and on track with what I'm doing. And then again, to set those personal goals and, and get them done in the community and what, you know, in life. Uh, so I, I appreciate, you know, my company and my boss for those. Uh, but I didn't know if anybody else had any thoughts on how you could, you know, get that mindset shared within your teams or within, you know, the, the companies that you're working with, uh, if you're a consultant. Uh, so I thought I'd toss it out there and, and give you guys an opportunity to weigh in. Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? I could talk I about what energizes. Oh, go ahead, Josh. So uh, it's interesting. I was talking to my partner the other day about like my work habits and I have like a very integrated work life where it's like I'm kind of online all the time, but then it's like kid bedtimes to get into school, like a coach soccer even somehow. Like, and so it's like you compartmentalize things that are important, but you never really are inaccessible and it doesn't work for everybody. Um, and I want it. I wouldn't require that on anybody that I work with. But one of the things that helps me and the reason I continue to do it is because in bringing this to community is like, it's super energizing for me when you have those little wins, like in community. So when you work in a company and say it's like we're 50 employees, but five, 500, you have like a span of people that you engage with and that's what you get everything from. But when you're in community you have like countless numbers of individuals that each have their own context and their stories and their goals and so forth. 
And if you help them make one, like move forward. Um, and if you're in like a brand community, then they're stuck. And so you're always helping them. Um, and it's like, so getting those stories and then sharing them internally, it makes other people want to participate in it, one. But for me, that's the energizing piece is like, I know that everything, like there are very few things in complex systems that you can say, this happened because of me. But in one-to-one relationships, it's all because of you and the participant on the other side. And so that's how I stay energized. It's like, yeah, I don't get enough sleep. I don't work out enough. And there's all these different things that will go into goals and accountability. But in terms of like quality of life and feeling good about like waking up each day, it's because like you get all these micro affirmations um, by what you put in. And that's where community really plays a role for me. Well said. Very well said. Finia? I think the biggest I think the biggest thing for me is actually a takeaway from what Tim said, uh, which is giving myself time to explore. And I would add to that choosing explicitly to slow down and also to make mistakes. Um, because if you do so iteratively, if you think, I think I might want to do this, let me dabble. And then you explicitly choose to make a mistake. Now you have more knowledge with which to make a better plan. And you can't actually learn that lesson if you say, oh, I made a mistake. I got to get back on and go do the thing again. Take some time to actually ruminate about, I wanted to do this. This happened. What does that mean for my plan moving forward? Um, so I think I had a big takeaway breakthrough because of Tim saying, give yourself time to explore. And I think it works really, really well alongside the mistakes make better plans mentality. Yeah. I mean, half of half, half or more of community management is failing. You know, you're going to try something, it's not going to work. So you have to try something else and who knows what you tried last week that didn't work in a year, you try it again and it goes gangbusters. So it's this constant, constant, I, I, maybe that's the secret of why I love community management. It's this constant exploration of the new and retrying the old and it's ever evolving and ever growing. And, you know, it, it's, it's never going to end. I feel like we're never going to fully master what community management and community professionalism is because it will continue to grow as we as a species grow and evolve because it just, we have to, we have new platforms coming out every 10 minutes. It feels like, um, you know, and, and supporting those and, and knowledge, <laughs> uh, Linda, Linda, thank you for that. She says <laughs> at least half we thrive on evolution through direct experience. Yep. Absolutely. Right. Mm. Thank you, Linda. I well, love that. Yeah. I think there, you know, there's something too that, and we've talked about it a lot and we hear it almost every time is, you know, you can learn from other community managers, right. And, and get that. Here. However, I do think there's so much value in getting out of the community space and learning from other industries. And because that's where you're not all in the same eco cha chamber, you're, you're putting yourself out in a different world with different cultures, different ways of doing things, and you can learn so much more. So that's like one thing that I try and do myself to be able to help bring back into what I do in community. But to get people, like when you first asked this question, you were like, how do we get others on our team maybe inspired by this? It's, I think the importance there is to 
make sure that you're highlighting to, and this can be, you know, to an individual, it can be to a team or it can be company wide. It all depends on kind of on what the situation is. But when you see a team member that did a certain action that had an impact on a community member that they responded to, and you screenshot that, you tell a little story about it and share that out. Now you got that employee, that team, your company more excited about what is going on in the community that they want to take part in now so that they can be the next one that you're giving kudos to. And I think that's a way that I've seen it work before in companies of how do I make this more than just my job? It's like I actually share those wins with everybody else so that they feel like it's part of their job as well. Very well said. Yeah. Celebrate your success. Celebrate your success. <laughs> yep. That's it. it. You know, uh, people are not going to know how amazing you are unless you tell them. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we're three minutes to go. Uh, we're going to, we're going to call that the show. Thank you everybody for being here. Uh, we'll go back around and just let everybody reintroduce yourself. But this time, let people know where they can connect with you if they want to find out more, especially Serena and Vienna who shared content and stuff with us today. So if they want to get that from you, they can, they can reach out. Josh, you can do that as well. You can, you can plug common room. It's great. They have a lot of great content on their site for community management. So, but I'm, I'm stepping on everybody's toes here. So we'll, so we'll run it backwards. Vinia, you're up first. Uh, yeah. So right here, on this name bar, I actually, instead of putting my tweet, I'm so sorry I broke the trend. I am actually hoping <laughs> to get as many subscribers as possible for the YouTube channel, uh, because as soon as I hit a thousand, it's going to open up the ability for me to do really good partnerships with a lot of nonprofits and organizations. So I would really love a little bit of help. That having been said, the real big pitch is that I would love for all of you to come to a community unconference that I'm doing in March. So I'm just going to paste that link into the chat below where we can have more of these discussions. Super excited and happy to have that. And I'd love to hear from all of you. Yeah, I think uh, I think I posted about that earlier today. If it wasn't today, it was yesterday. So it's also in my LinkedIn feed if you want to check for it there. Serena, go ahead. Okay, thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm Serena. So I uh, founded Good Community, which is a, a consultancy focusing on well-being, good practice and non-profits in the kind of community space. Um, so it's goodcommunity.co.uk. I'm on LinkedIn and various other social media platforms. Josh? Josh Gross. I'm at Common Room. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn for sure. I also am my, uh, my handle for, well, Find me on LinkedIn and then you can get my hand over Twitter. Uh, and then I'm active in, so Common Room, we have a community called Uncommon, which is for community leaders, DevRel professionals. Uh, it's been great. It started as a community practice and we have portions of it now that are tied to the community product. So helping with folks that are adopting or inquiring about our product. Um, and then otherwise, uh, yeah, reader content, collaborate with us on content because uh, after last year and the impact on community, we feel like this is the year that if we're not proving out the value that we're creating, like recognizing the work that individuals are producing in the company, um, the ties to revenue, all that kind of stuff, then we're not going to like be able to take advantage of, of the time we have right now where like revenue and marketing leaders are struggling and we can help them there. So, and my dog has something to say as well. <laughs> we always encourage the comments from the animals. They, they, it's really good. 
I just muted my mic because the UPS guy was here delivering and my dog was going crazy downstairs. I wasn't <laughs> sure Mike was picking it up. Uh, but uh, I'm Tim. I am the head of community at homeroom.club where you can find us over there. And if you check out our blog, I'll be, I started the end of last year and I'll be picking it back up uh, with a lot of content around the community space there. And you can find me on Twitter at TA McDonald and LinkedIn and Instagram. I'm Tim A. McDonald. So that's where you can find me. Yeah, I'm David Dewall, Community Manager at Siena. I want to thank Samira and Melody and Linda and who's missing? Francis. Thank you, Francis, for joining us today. All right. Um, so thank you to Tim McDonald as well for being my co-host. Uh, and thank you again, like I said, to our audience for joining. If you enjoyed this, please like and subscribe. Follow on the platform of your choice. If you'd like to be a guest on an upcoming episode or you have a topic you would like us to cover, please head over to our website, cmgr.live. Click the contact us button in the bottom right and fill out the little form that's in there. Uh, if you would prefer an audio version of our, our show, you can find our podcast on Apple and Spotify and Amazon and many more. It'll be up about an hour or two after the show today. Uh, and thank you again to all of our guests for joining us. I appreciate it. Have a great day. And next week, we are going to be taking a sidestep. It won't be a topic show. I'm going to be trying a new platform for streaming video. And um, so we may play some games. We, we may have some fun, but it's mostly about testing the new things. So there's not a topic to talk about, which means I'll be learning as we go. So uh, it should be fun though. Uh, like I said, we'll play some games and, and make it fun. So please join us. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week.